1: What's up, anals? And of course, by anals, we mean Asian, not Asian listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Asian, not Asian, a podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues, no American cares about. I am your host, Fumi Abe,
0: And I'm uh, Mike Nguyen.
1: Uh, before we start the show, quick shout out to our newest uh, Patreon fans. Uh, these are people who give us money on a monthly basis. So if you want to get in, let's go to patreon.com slash asian.asianpod. And as a reward, uh, we try to guess your ethnicity based on purely your name a very problematic game that we do every week but you know we love it we love it here and we're actually getting pretty good at it so um the first really person at- the first person of course is our um basically he owns us now he gives us 50 bucks a month and he's he, he and you if you give 50 bucks a month you're you get a producer credit so ryan kaggs thank you so much again um yep. you know we hope that you're still employed and can keep giving us money then we got akiko that is japanese as fuck no way around yes. it my mom's but, And name also, is it's tight Yukiko. as
0: hell because it's like it's just the one name, which is yes. like, isn't that how emperors roll? You know? Oh my Only god! Wait, wait, name. wait,
1: wait, wait! wait. Is this an emperor? Is this the emperor's daughter? Is this an? Is this an, <laughs> is this an em- oh shit! That is how emperors roll. Actually, the emperor—I don't know if he died or not. I—I th- I think his name is Akihito or something like that. So maybe, Yo. maybe hey. a distant cousin or something. Well, oh my god! A little
0: bit more money there, your highness. You
1: know? Come yeah. On. My my grandma used to talk shit about the. Uh, <laughs> the emperors, because uh, she called them she called them tax tax thieves. Uh, that's how the regular people feel about them. <laughs> so thank you. Um, all right, next we have we have Gilberto Flores. Um, Filipino. I'm gonna
0: say that's Filipino. That's Filipino. Filipino. Yeah. We
1: Maria Wong. That's n- that's nice and easy. That's Chinese.
0: That's a nice Chinese name. Nice Chinese name. Chinese. I love good a good old, old American old Chinese name. Hell
1: yes. Um, and then we lastly we have, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is this Pia
0: Cassiopeia, Cassiopeia, yeah. I
1: know that's like a Greek goddess or something.
0: It's like a, a Greek uh, character. Um, I want to say that she was the person that Theseus rescued. Um, I was a virgin for a long time, so I know. A lot <laughs> <of my people. laughs> I was but like, it, God damn. It's tight, uh, but What's, either way, also just one, the one name. That's 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 fire. You,
1: okay, that's fire. I have I have a guess for what I think this person is, and I could be wrong. I think this person might be. Japanese and or a huge fan of Japanese jazz fusion because in the 80s, there was like a really popular band called Cassiopeia uh huh. who like played with a bunch of like famous jazz people. But like, it's so. really niche. Like, the, you know, the people who like get too good at piano and then now they play music that nobody fucking likes anymore. It's oh, like Oh yeah, that.
0: yeah. They, they don't even play the keys. They actually like play just the strings of the piano. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. yeah, they're like reaching in and so shit. reaching the piano. in there and like pouring spaghetti <laughs> yeah. in there. You're like,
0: and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, is there's like this? dumping
1: Yeah, exactly like yeah, that kind of music.
0: Put, that put kind like of people music. who are like into it are like, yeah, dude, fucking yeah. Ragu, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so shouts to Cassiopeia the and her ragu. in piano. the
1: piano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um today's theme, today's what we're gonna try to answer <laughs> on this podcast is the question, uh, is not knowing how to feel is that Asian or not Asian? Okay, I had yeah, something man. You know, this week has been uh, very tough for everybody for obvious reasons. And, um, you know, real quick, to be honest with you, like, it's been so crazy that this morning I, I woke up with a um, swollen left eye. Like, it looked like yeah. like a bruise. Right. And things have been so bad this week. I was like, did a white guy sneak into my apartment last night and punch me in my sleep? Because right, that's you. what it fucking right. looked like. Yeah, just, like, they're so sneaky sometimes. They be sneaking in, they punch you, and they leave, you know, no right. evidence.
0: The thing but, is, and, too, is that if that did happen, it wouldn't wouldn't even be top 10 worst thing that happened this week. <laughs> this week, we I know. You would be like, all right. Yeah, you know, be like number 12. Yeah, that's yeah, kind exactly. of my brand. But uh, I did um, I did
1: get a lot of, um, you know, I'm sure you did too, but this is the first time I think a lot of people got text messages from their friends. They could have been Asian or, or not Asian asking you how you feel. And I, it, it was interesting because it's the first time. First of all, I think that concept is fairly new. I think it kind of happened over the summer with the old, like George Floyd thing and everything like that. And the you know, check there's in, a lot yeah. of the, the check-in. You know, how are you doing? The check-in. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, I think you know, obviously, it's it's. I'm I'm glad that they checked in and everything like that. But I also had this real, realization that like I don't have enough white friends. Um, I didn't get right. enough check-ins. I th- I only got like three, and yeah. I feel like people are getting more. I don't know. Where where did you where did you stand on that? How many did you get? And what what, what were they like?
0: I like I like how we're comparing the numbers, you know, because
1: <laughs> like, that's what this is about, right?
0: Yo, how many check-ins you get though? <laughs> oh man, bro, you know. So I used to be in a frat, so I got thirty-four check-ins. <laughs> yeah. No, I got I got I got two, um, and you know, it is it is interesting. Some, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, on on Twitter, and it was like, oh, so, you know, you should check in with people, or some people were saying, you know, you shouldn't check in with people because there's all these different things. And I don't know. I mean, I think it has to, it kind of like depends on the person.
1: Yeah. Um, that's why, What I by like, I didn't know how to feel about it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I think even if you, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the check-in, but mm-hmm. just, I don't know what you want me to say, you know, like, yeah. uh, I'm doing bad. I don't know. Like, and I'm not just saying like, Oh, ha ha ha. I'm doing bad. My hip hurts. No, no, no. Uh, the world is a d- disaster, and uh, I've been working through this for 40-plus years, and I just don't know what, what to do anymore. <laughs> is that what you wanted me to text back? Yeah, I know. We could, it's get, like, we could go into it if you wanted to talk about it.
1: That's a great point. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Is like, if you call me or text me, it's like, do you really want to get into it? Because like, I, I could write an essay. You, know, you yeah. could read this thing. I, I, you, know, my, you could read my personal journal that's this high, and it's just all sad <laughs> shit. Or, right. or do you want me to say, like, thank you for checking in? I'm fine. I think you know. I think is, that's the most you want.
0: aggressive way to do it. Is they someone texts you how you doing and then you text them back a Zoom link and you're just like, <laughs> you, want, you know, what's up? You want to talk? You know, like let's this see, is what let's you see. wanted, I think, right? Yeah. So I, I think I think it is. Hey, it's cool that people are checking in, but again, it's it's tricky, and I don't. It's tricky. Know, Some
1: of my friends yeah. are so woke that they texted me like. Before I woke up and I was like, I haven't even read what's happening. Yeah, like, I, I don't even know that. what I'm supposed to be sad about. You know, it's like, give me two hours to read this goddamn article. So anyways, we wanted to... Uh, listen, I wanted to kind of talk about this with with our guest today. And actually, before we get to that, real quick, you know... Yes, so this is something we want to talk about with our guest. We, we booked her a little bit ago and uh, we, we had all these fun things planned. But obviously, we wanted to kind of address what's happening this week in uh, the world, the country, and the Asian-American community specifically. And one thing... Different we want to do on this podcast is because I'm sure a lot of the listeners and the and the guests today and me and you Mike both I think this week we heard a lot of academic slash sort of cookie cutter responses uh, to the incident you know from corporations and things like that just kind of like big words circling around kind of cu- like kind of checking off the box but it doesn't really. I'm not really getting anything from it, you know. What I mean, it's like I see that you acknowledge it, but I'm not really getting anything from it. You know, it's like thank you, fucking Nabisco, for acknowledging what's happening. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, yeah, that, just like that corporate really language. Dope
0: Oreo response was, that was yeah, what I needed. You know? Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. So, so this week I kind of wanted to talk about how it affected people <laughs> on a more personal level. Again, we're not here to mm-hmm. represent all mm-hmm. Asian people, and I and it, this is just how I've been feeling, how Mike's been feeling, and how our guest has been feeling. So I want I want to bring up our guest. Um, she is the front woman of the um amazing band Japanese Breakfast. She's got a new single. Out called Be Sweet check that out on Spotify and she is the author of the newly published book or it's going to come out in April called Crying in Mart." and we can't wait to talk to her about it. So, uh please give it up for the amazing Michelle Zoner. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, can you hear us? I had I I couldn't hear you say hi. Hi. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Yo, you get a little you get a little reverb on your on your mic. I do not.
0: Uh, I'm going to text you. Uh, how are you doing? (laughs) You doing okay,
2: Michelle? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. Did you
0: get a lot of texts too? Sorry.
2: I did get a few texts, like largely from people I don't, uh, really talk to, which was Oh, interesting. (laughs) Um, I had a few, I like saw a lot of, um, people tweeting about how we should all, you know, you need to check in on your AAPI friends. And I was right. like, why are you telling people to do this? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, want yeah. that at all. And I think part of it is just, I, it feels, um, I mean, it is a nice thing, you know, and it's well-intentioned, it certainly. Right. But I feel like uh, having to respond to that is like a type of labor that I um, don't really yes. feel like participating in right now. Mm. And so yes. I don't know if that's like part of the reason, you know, like i it's not that I don't, want to talk about it especially with um friends and and people I feel like I can relate to but I have just gotten you know like this swarm of press all of a sudden surrounding like grabbing a soundbite of my thoughts on this you know this moment and um you know the last couple of interviews I've done are these like larger publications that have like specifically asked me to like Can you can you tell us about this racist experience like tell us about the racism that you've experienced like literally the the last interview that I did was like we're we're reaching out to 100 women of color and asking each of them to tell us about a time that they experienced racism right. Right, and I was just like, okay, so you're just reaching out to like a hundred women and asking them to like unpack trauma for your, yeah,
1: press,
0: yeah.
2: you know, like,
0: about one of the worst things that's ever happened to you. Yeah, yeah. this is this, yeah, this is the worst. Bu-
1: this is the worst BuzzFeed quiz, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And
2: I don't know how to feel about it because on on one hand, um, I I understand what they're trying to do. I understand that they're trying to bring awareness to like different types of like racism that we experience, uh, but it's also a lot of like labor that I don't. I'm angry about having to participate in and similarly like when I'm asked like on a television interview like you know without being prompted like you know what do you think about the you know anti-asian like hate crimes I'm just like you're about to like interview 20 different like white people probably after me and none of them are going to be asked about what they think about you know all of these people that have been killed in a mass shooting, and, wh- and why right. not? Mm-hmm. I'm the only yeah. one that's supposed to care because I'm, you know, half Asian. Like, why, why wouldn't right. all these other white people who know exactly what's going on be asked about how they feel about eight people who were killed in a mass shooting? Like, right. it just feels yeah. mm-hmm. really unfair. Well-
0: how do you feel about if you're asked about it on a podcast? <laughs> a little different. little different. I do feel. Too, i two Asian guys. Yeah, two Asian. Asian people
2: I know. Yeah. And, like, I know that this is, I mean, it would be impossible to not talk about this. And it can no. be a more nuanced conversation. And we can say things like, I guess I just, I was really let down. I was really upset yesterday yes. because yes. I was really let down by, like, how I responded. Because I was taken off guard. And I want to be.
1: Yeah
2: courageous in this moment i want to like step up and be like some type of leader because i do have a large um platform and especially like a lot of asian fans that like look to me as a role model a lot of kids and i want to step into that role and and feel like i have some great thing Mm -hmm. to say and Mm -hmm. and guidance Mm -hmm. and like words of hope but i i like everyone else like i'm very confused you know like i don't know Uh, And I'm concerned about like, you know, a lot of like what this Kathy Barkong article that you sent over to me like is like, you know, there is this fear of like, I don't want to pit um, like our relationship with racism against like other minorities, like relationship to racism. And I think that that's Mm. kind of like a a thing that our generation is sort of grappling with more than, you know, our parents' generation. I think
0: uh, you you hit the nail on the head with like, the word labor, you know? There's a lot of uh, stuff we have to, like, every, I feel like every single Asian person has suddenly become, like, uh, um, uh, an opinion writer, has been forced to write an opinion about this. <laughs> and, all, you know, I was uh, talking to my wife. My wife is Korean-American. And, honestly, she has a lot already to deal with, <laughs> you know? Like, she, I don't know, has a job. It's a pandemic. She's doing all these things. And, and I realize it's just not... Fair for me to ask her how she's feeling or whatever she has she feels how she feels and she shouldn't have to explain to anybody else about all these things but i think also you you hit you hit it on the head also about um you know i I think sometimes when people text you and they say how are you doing what do you think about this well i it's complicated you know i am not a korean woman i'm not an an asian american woman who lives in georgia I, i wasn't there i don't know these people it's horrifying, you know, as any American should feel, it's horrifying. It's extra bad because I do feel there's this, like, thing happening. But at the same time, you also feel, like, d- distanced from it, you know? And, yes. and like you said, white people don't have to say, when there's a, when there's a terrible shooting, how do you feel about this, oh, this white shooting? They can just live their lives and, and just acknowledge that it is horrible without having to then offer some extra thing. It's like, here you go, this is also an extra... Here's an extra Asian American 101 studies course that I'm about to give you. You
1: know? Yeah i i was um, I was conflicted because I, I agree with everything you guys both said. That the labor part is that, and also it's like you know, to Michelle's point, it's like some people texted me that I was like, I haven't seen you. You know, like I'm literally looking at the text that they sent before, and the one before was like, Hey, can I do your show sometime? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, You don't even like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you're doing it to make yourself look, good, you know, feel better, or whatever. But but like, it's interesting because I. I, I got this one comment that I didn't it kind of confused me even more. He this one guy was like, he's like a pretty good friend, and he was like, and I guess this maybe maybe speaks to how maybe disconnected, not just white people, but a lot of people are about Asian American issues and how sort of invisible we are. He was like, Well, I didn't text you because um you're Japanese and the uh, women yeah, yeah. that were Korean. And I was like, Oh, I I guess that's also an angle. Like I never really thought about that, yeah. but but it's like how do i how, where do i go from there like do i explain that when i step outside we're all chinese like am i supposed to explain that to him you know what i'm saying and and it's like and just because they're korean like dude there's a lot of chinese and filipino people who work in massage parlors like literally it could have been anybody i think the scariest thing for me was like I mean, shit, you know, Michelle did the, a live podcast show with us. We have, we have Asian Not Asian like live podcasts and live shows. A lot of it, a lot of people who come out are Asian Americans. And, like, this shit could have happened at Hack City. This shit could have happened oh, yeah. on our own turf. That's, at that's, that's life, what it life, confirmed life. for me, 100%. And, like, that's, that's the scariest part.
0: I think it's, it's tricky because the whole Asian American experience is, like, a very new thing. Well, new, I think, to a lot of people and relatively new. I mean, Asians have been in this country for hundreds of years, but I guess that's relatively new. And the identity of Asian-American is relatively new. It only started in the 60s and 70s. Um, and, and I just wanted to kind of go back for a second because right before. Remember, this week also was uh, um, uh, Stephen Young got nominated for an Oscar, which is awesome. You know, yeah. that's great and uh also there was this article i was going to talk about how um people got upset about the bamboo ceiling thing <laughs> remember there was a uh, someone who yeah. was like you know oh you know they broke the bamboo ceiling and then a bunch of people were like that's racist and and really that's it's the opposite of racist because but to your point people don't know about all these things they don't know about all the the work that's already been done they just kind of jumping yeah. in and, and just like oh well i'm just going to talk about this instead but uh, you know you've 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 talked about. Um, it, it the complication i think of like it's unusual not unusual but i think people have to realize that the us coming together is in and of itself uh a difficult thing you know mm, right mm, All, mm, we, mm, we got we got a, a we got a, a korean musician we got a japanese dude and a vietnamese guy all right, and there's no punchline <laughs> we didn't walk into a bar and then order a drink ha 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 you know like this is it <laughs> it's a new joke yeah yeah it's yeah, a new yeah, joke yeah. and we're all just sitting Absolutely. at the bar just wondering what to do now you know
1: yeah that's that's one of the things kathy had mentioned in the article uh and maybe i don't know michelle you have any thoughts on that but she was saying like you know, when uh, the LA riots thing happened, people tried to kind of come together, but it didn't really happen. Same thing with Vincent Chin in like the 19, I don't know, whenever whenever that was, 82 maybe is yeah, what it was. 80, yeah, And so this is kind of a new thing, you know. I mean, Mike and I, we're, we're going to try to go to that rally tomorrow in Chinatown. And, and, but that's kind that's of be my first Asian American rally. I've never done anything like this. So this is all so, sort of kind of new. And I think that's sort of kind of why we don't know how to react. I don't know if you feel that way, Michelle, but.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also think it's like kind of a part of our culture to be private and, like, sort of, like, put our head down and, like, ignore it, you know? Like, I think that when I think about my mom, when I would express to her my frustrations with growing up in, like, a largely white town, like, Mom, you just don't know what it's like to, like, be Korean in, like, a super white town, like, in my point of view. And she was like, but you're not Korean. You're American. Mm, Like, what are you talking about? And that's, like, a part of the book, too, where it's just, like, you know, I think for a lot of our parents, and actually a friend of mine just posted about um like a few years ago her father had been attacked and like you know told to go to like his homeland or whatever and she was like my father never reported it never said anything about it because he you know he felt like we came to this country for a better life and so our you know we were just supposed to be quiet and and bear it and I feel like that's a a big thing culturally for us um that it's just it's not super common or or supported Mm -hmm. to like speak up about this kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah
0: yeah i think um you know there's a statistic that people are kind of putting around that like hate crimes increased to 1900 which i'm I, a i'm 100 sure that it did increase but at the same time i think it's also that people f- are finally reporting it you know yeah. because yeah. for a long time we would just get some we would get some hate shit on us and we just be like well that's, kinetic, that's Connecticut, you know, we just keep, like, moving along, right? We just keep Dude, it moving, you know? I mean,
1: we have that, we have this ongoing joke on this podcast called The, the Racist Ratatouille Flashback, where, like, Mike and I will just be, like, playing basketball or something, and it would be like, right. wait a minute, in fourth grade, you know, John Longman called me this. Like, it just comes back to you because you just, yeah. like, bury it, and you don't even, <laughs> and I think that's why it took a while for people to, like, even Asian people to, like, admit what's going on because we, we are we train ourselves to, like, completely shut down when things like that happen and uh yeah it's been just i I think this week everybody's like starting to open up and and self-reflect and i don't know it's it's just kind of a mess man
0: oh man fumi man you know like where you get your news sources from man me um
1: mainly parlor um (laughs) facebook yep and then of course the Lunar Times. Nice. Uh, the, <laughs> the Lunar Times is an online satire and humor publication for all Asian Americans. Their entirely free website, thelunartimesblog.com, has all, all sorts of short and hilarious articles, all written by Asian American writers. Some of their funny headlines include Trader Joe's, unsure Filipino customers identify with Trader Ming's or Trader Jose's.
0: And Breaking Barstool Sports announces new initiative to hire more diverse douchebags.
1: I, I interviewed there. No one hurts.
0: <laughs> uh, you're not. You're not. Enough, chi- you're not enough of a douchebag.
1: Ch- China hopes Biden presidency won't slow down America's decline.
0: And report: white man who speaks Mandarin isn't a total weirdo about it. You can read all these pieces for free at thelunartimesblog.com and on their social media at the underscore lunar underscore times on Instagram and Twitter. Again, that's thelunartimesblog.com and on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore lunar underscore times i uh I think the way you know one thing I've been trying to get out is uh, and, and when we had Vietan win on he was talking about just having more stories and having all those things and I, I think that's one thing we can do to kind of take back our narrative is like to get more kinds of stories out there so i you know I don't want to just talk about you know this, this this thing that's happened to us I, I want to talk about also the good stories and and michelle you've you you've mentioned your book. Uh, I've read your essay probably like four or five times. Um, and so uh, now you have this book out. And, you know, just b- quickly give give us an overview of, of, about it and, and sort of how it came about.
2: Yeah. Um, so my book is called Crying in H Mart. It comes out on 420, uh, which is
1: hey. <laughs> sick.
0: It was really. <laughs> no,
2: no, it's actually kind of a funny story because my agent was like, what if, like, she was like, what if we. Publish the book. What if we asked the publisher to put it out on Mother's Day? And I was like, oh my God, that's like reclaiming <laughs> reclaiming this day that's become like so painful for me. And like yes. it's just like a really happy thing. And like daughters can buy it for their mothers. And like, yes. Oh man. We should totally that's like such a beautiful like idea. Like let's let's bring it to the publisher. And the publisher was just like we think 420 would be a great date, actually. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it was because they were like this way, people will have time to buy it for Mother's Day, or so I, don't, I think it just worked with their calendar better. And I was just like, "Don't be difficult." But in my mind, I was like, "Everyone's gonna be like, 420, blaze it!" About my like release date of this like really like heartfelt book. Um, but I yeah. just sort of went with it. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so yeah, it comes out on 420. Um, It's about uh, grief. It's about a mother and daughter relationship with my Korean mother. It's about mixed race identity. It's about um, largely learning how to cook Korean food and how I kind of Mm -hmm. like sought um, that sort of education uh, as a kind of refuge for for my grief and this sort of alternative kind of therapy for me. And I just thought that the story was really sweet and it was a huge part of my life and yeah i'm really excited for people to read it
1: so so two things a somebody contacted us and was like would you like a copy of this book and we're like yes because she's gonna be on the podcast in like a month and it never came so 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 we don't, we haven't we read have it no i'm idea. so sorry <laughs> we, we don't know where it, we. she never sent it to us we don't know what's so
0: going on there, it could whoever's be a responsible in it.
1: Yeah. you're in trouble now baby okay <laughs> i just told on you we never got the book but how does it sort of you know, because we read the essay. Is it an expansion of the essay? Is it like how does it sort of like, you know, because I know I know it's 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 the same title as the essay, but how did it kind of expand from that? Or like how did you make it so that it's like a you know the length of an average book or whatever it is? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, crying in H Mart is the first chapter of the book, and it's kind of mm. like an overview of like all of the things, and it's like an overture of like all all the things that kind of like happen uh, in this story. But it's largely, um. You know, it it sort of starts about like, you know, exploring like my my life being like half half Korean and growing up with an immigrant parent and the sort of like points of contention between my mother and I that largely stemmed from this difference in culture. You know, my mom mm-hmm. grew up in Korea and like we moved here when she was I guess thirty 31 or so When I was mm-hmm. like a year old and You know a lot of the things that I had always Assumed were like just Cruel parts of my mom's personality Or actually <laughs> just like Inherently part of like Korean culture And I don't I think that it was <laughs> yep. like The slow process of discovering That uh, as I got older And then largely focuses On this sort of six month period Of time where I, I lived as a caretaker In Eugene um, over the course Of my mother's illness and death And then how I sort of found my way into cooking Korean food uh, and how that kind of helped me um, sort of contextualize what had happened.
0: Well, I think... um... The the, the the title alone has H-Mart in it, and I think this is, um, you know, not sponsored content, ha- hashtag not sponsored content. They, they should and sponsor us, though. I, they really should. We should get them. They would never do it. Anyways, we'll get into it. So <laughs> they would never do it. So, um, I mean, you know, I I, I, I feel that um, H-Mart is a place for people who don't know. It's a Korean market, but it's like, a, it's like especially, I think, if you're on the East Coast, it's like... It's like home in a lot of ways. My wife and I, we are obsessed with it. We like when we go there. We try to like we're we're like uh we're like on the Silk Road on the caravan. We're just like okay, <laughs> we gotta load up with as much spices as possible and bring it back to the king. You know, like we we like, pile up all the stuff. And I wanted to know like it, you know it, it, you know do you have that same sort of feeling with H Mart? It, it's it's almost like a special place. I, I don't want to ma- over romanticize it. But, you know, you go there, and you will go out of your way to go there, and you can't just go to, like, oh, there's the international aisle, you know, of a, of a Safeway, you know?
2: Yeah, certainly. I think, like, I feel like a lot of white people feel this way about Target. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Korean Target.
2: Or, like, Trader Joe's or something. I always see, like, such a big line outside of Trader Joe's, um, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's part of it, and um, it sort of started with this uh, other essay I wrote in 2016 that was published in Glamour called Love, Loss, and Kimchi, where, you know, the sort of, like, genesis of this came from, um, I started following Mang Chi on um, YouTube, yeah. and so I started, yeah. uh, you know, needing to go to H Mart to make the things that I wanted to, like, follow her making, uh, and then I was going out to, like, flushing twice a week to, like, get all of yeah. my groceries, and then... Yeah, my, like, my poor white husband has, like, has just, like, stayed in the car. Like, so at this point, we've gone to H-Mart so much that he, like, stays in the car.
0: Like a bank robbery. Yeah, because yeah, I just spend go. so much time in there. Keep it's, the like, it's yeah. just
2: so, um, you know, like, it's so much more than just, like, getting groceries. It's, like, you, like, there's, like, a level of creativity that has to happen, too, because you're, yeah. like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about, like fish cakes. I should make something with fish cakes. And then you, you spend another like 20 minutes, like gathering all the things, uh, for like, you know, whatever you're going to like or whatever. And then you see like red bean and you're like, Oh my God, I haven't had like popping zoo forever. And then you spend another 20 minutes, like getting all the stuff for like popping zoo. So yeah, it's definitely that experience for me. And I think that part of it, what it makes it really special is that like, you can't just like walk to the corner and get it. You have to like take a pilgrimage there. Yeah. So it's also like this feeling we were like, I don't want, you know, this is this is it for the week. So like I have to get everything that I need. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, I was telling Fumi before that, um, you know, when you know m- m- my wife, she she's from uh Chico, outside of way outside of Sacramento, and I don't, I'm not even sure if there's an H Mart there, but there's a Korean market in Sacramento, but it's like a, it's like two hours away, and they would like load up for, you know, they would fill their minivan up to the brim, like, uh, you know. To for two or three months in order to have everything. And to your point, every, you know, uh, uh, you can't just have one thing. You have to have several things in in order to make the whole experience. Cause you can't just like, I'm going to make the soup. No, you got to have the soup and then you also have the fish cake and you also have to have this kind of rice. And then you also have the, uh, you have to have special implements. You have to have that cauldron. That's like, looks like you're a witch, you know and you're like boiling shit in it. You know, you can't just have serve in a regular pot. I think that's fire. Do you, uh, I don't know, Dude, Fumi, do you ever feel like that when you go to like Japanese markets I, or anything like that? I
1: just had a Ratatouille flashback Ratatouille
0: moment. Ratatouille flashback. <laughs> okay. Like, Wait, is <laughs> Ratatouille moves?
2: flashback like... Like what is ratatouille flashback? Is it rooted? Oh, okay. in, is it rooted I mean, in racism? <laughs> uh,
1: well, usually, you, usually it is, but this is a good one. But
2: oh, this is the, good you, ratatouille. I thought that a was,
0: a good, this is good ratatouille. Okay, okay. A good ratatouille. Flashback.
1: Well, you know what's so funny? I
2: so oh, this is like when we, you eat the ratatouille and then it like zooms into.
1: Exactly yeah, way. it zooms right. back. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good one. So I didn't even think about. I think for a lot of like diaspora people, like going to your ethnic supermarket, that's like the big one, is a very big deal because I remember like so. I, I grew up in Ohio. Luckily, we had a very Small, like Japanese slash Asian, like I think Korean people would also go there. They-, they just had like Asian shit, East Asian groceries that you couldn't really get anywhere else. But it's really small, maybe the size of a deli. And that's kind of how we got by from you know when I was in second grade to whenever. But sometimes we would um, go on a road trip to like Chicago, which was maybe like five, six hours away, and we would. Go on vacation to Chicago because there was a huge Japanese grocery store there. It used to be called Yaohan, but now it's called Mitsuwa. There's one well, in I've Jersey. I've been there.
2: Yeah, I've been yeah, to yeah. there. Yes, in, in and Jersey. so,
1: and when I was a kid, like I didn't really know what was going on, but like to my parents, that was like a luxury too. to like, yeah, go yeah. through each aisle, you know, look at the crazy rice. Rice cookers that they have, and look at the different types of seaweed, and like, you know, and so you're right. Like even when I go into H Mart, it looks very similar. I'm going through the aisles, and it's like it's like a nice trip down, like literally a trip down memory lane. You're like, I used to eat that when I was in third grade, or like, you know, your little like I remember buying these like little Pokemon candy things that had like a Pokemon thing in it, but it also came with like a little sugar treat or whatever. So it really does feel like Disneyland, and I and I feel like that's like a thing that only you know, kids of immigrants would understand. It's truly, like, an amazing time, and I totally see why your um, husband was staying in the car, because...
0: uh, (laughs) It's (laughs) so confusing, yeah. Yeah, Because
1: if you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're just like, why is she smiling looking at this bag of seaweed? (laughs) It is just seaweed, and I'm... Yeah, yeah, she's crying. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's like... When we... we, I remember we went... I mean, the reason why I, I go in there is I do know some of the food, but really, I'm just like a pack mule that I can, I can... She can use me to carry more shit. Like one time, she really, really likes um, um naengmyeon, naengmyeon, right? Yeah, like the, yeah. the cold noodle. Yeah, yeah. And um, and you know, you, you get these packets of it, right? And they're like big packets. Maybe each one is maybe a pound or something like that. And she went up to the to the counter where it had it, and it was like a cartoon. She like put one in the basket, and then she put two, and she just kept going. <laughs> and, she, and she took every single one, and I was like, ha ha ha. Gina, I get it. You're so funny. You really like it. And she turns around. She's like, what? There's no joke here. I'm buying every single one. Because <laughs> she you know wanted what?
2: to try the different kinds.
0: Uh, I, you know, we've only tried the one kind, I think, because she is uh, she's very familiar with that one. I think that's the one she grew up with. But there, there's all these different kinds. But, you know, now we go in there and now I know a little bit enough where if I go in there, I know that I need to I make sure that I get at least. Um, Makkali like nah, I
2: love so Makkali I'm buying yeah, like yeah.
0: Four or five of those Yeah You know that's like The main thing I'm getting I don't know I know that you, you probably um, You know Have a big list But is there Is there anything When you go into an H-Mart I don't know how We don't have a sponsor By H-Mart Because we're talking About it so much But They're,
1: They um, I mean, retweeted us once Remember
0: Well Get some money. Okay. <laughs> is there anything is there anything you go in there, you like you like compulsively buy? It. You're just like, I just I, I know I have forty of these at home. I'm just gonna buy one another one. Fuck okay. it.
2: Um, I always buy I pretty much always buy pork belly because like so many Korean Ooh. recipes like call for pork belly. And then um always buy always buy seaweed, we'll always buy um See what have I been getting? Um this isn't Korean, but I always get uh like raw salmon Like salmon sashimi Their like sushi okay. section Is like really tight And like you can just buy Like a huge fillet Of like raw salmon And it's like yeah. 14 bucks If you got yeah. it At a sushi restaurant It would be like 50 dollars worth of sashimi right. Um So we always get that uh, What else do we always get? Um, I think that there are Different things that like Come into season That are really exciting And it's also just yeah. like That's part of the fun Of going there Is that like Every so often You like find something That is like different and like reminds you and you're just like like i have to get it you know like i just
1: you guys ever uh you guys ever like convince yourself to buy too many um (laughs) those like korean pears yeah, oh the God. three like pack and seven
0: dollars no
2: they're, <laughs> they're way so more expensive. than seven they're like thirteen dollars for like a three pack with like the little yeah. wrapping or whatever both,
0: yeah yeah but no. yeah
2: every so often i will treat myself to one of those there's also like the korean grapes like uh that are in Green season grapes. every so often and those like are also really expensive they're and you can so you expensive. can only buy like a big box of korean yes. grapes like you can't just buy one like bunch of korean grapes you have to buy like an b- entire box uh, for like thirty dollars. Um.
1: I used to uh, I used to live by a, a Korean deli, and uh, if I had a good set, I would go in there and buy a pair for myself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So like, that of, is the most of, Asian thing ever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of popping bottles or popping pears, just like, yeah, no, baby. I,
1: dude, I swear to God, like, I mean, in, like, Japan and stuff, it's pretty common to gift somebody expensive yeah. fruit. Yeah, That's, fruit, like, a yeah. thing. No, that it's is thing pears,
2: yeah. in every Asian melons. culture, I feel like. Is like Yeah, you yeah always man. Bring I, your, agree. Like, I agree. Like, people's parents, yeah, like, Yeah, I think
0: I, the big thing for Vietnamese people is uh, persimmons. We love yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. we always give people that shit. But I think that's the thing, is that, like, if you, I don't know, you... You've ever had like a, a really good Asian pair? It is, it, it's not just like here's a pair. It's a special. No. Yeah. Special. It's not, you know, it's it's the same thing between like American ham and Lunchable ham. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Dude, not the same Dude, you ever like,
1: uh, you ever, you ever the first time you were introduced to American pear and how superior you felt? <laughs> <laughs> i remember the first time somebody showed me a pair i'm like that first of all that looks like it's got a disease like what is the shape well, it's, not even yeah. a, it's not even a sphere yeah. like you guys have no idea like this yeah. is not a pair like i just never feel that way i have a question about hmart though because i don't really go through that often because it is pretty there's not one in brooklyn and it's like really far away yeah there's one, um, in, and it,
0: one in manhattan yeah
1: it, yeah but that's you know it's like 34 right, seconds right 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 um uh, is there an international Section in Oh HR? my god And there
0: if so is. Do they I, I sell
2: craft singles it, Like what I is, is it I think that they <laughs> do Like there is Like a, a section Where they have Like, um, like cereal
0: <laughs> Yo <laughs> I can't I can't Yo. Really Yo, I think
2: so Yeah From I there, feel like They do have Like a, a Like a Like a section Where they put Like cereal Next to like Goya beans Like Goya product <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what I love too about H Mart is uh, they they will have all of your um, packaged goods, your Cheetos and stuff like that, but the Korean version has their own right? snack so, aisle. What's
2: that? Wait, wait, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so it'll have like uh, mm. you know, it'll have like uh, whatever uh, Cheetos, but it'll be it'll be it'll be written in Korean. Yeah, and I, it'll be like it'll be like smoky barbecue. You know, it'll be <laughs> yes, this is the one. I gotta get this. Fuck this other Lay's shit. This is the Korean Lay's. You know,
2: I hate Korean versions of like. Western chips, though.
0: I oh, you don't say. like them? Uh, I, I like, agree. They're not Korean business, Cheetos I are like,
2: like weirdly sweet. Like, they're all of yes. their, like, when I'm in Korea, like, if I get like a Cheeto product, it's, there's like this strange sweetness that doesn't exist in, in regular, in like the American I agree. version.
0: I feel it. that there's some, some marketing consultancy was like, Korean people love sweets, you know? I have, we have no proof, but here you go.
2: Which is crazy because I've heard st- people say that about Korean food. I don't feel like Korean food is that sweet, but I feel like Japanese food is like really sweet.
1: It's oh Japanese food is so sweet. So sweet. It's like yeah. we. Oh, it's like or we don't really like spicy. I I guess I'm I'm just realizing oh, this wow. as an adult because I guess that's we, it's true. like Have you ever had like a, I'm sure you guys have made like those Japanese curry packets at one yeah, point. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And if if you buy the spicy one, like it's Korean people would laugh at right. That. right. You know no. what I'm saying? Like I'm it's not. But, yeah. but that's that's our like spicy because we like can't handle for whatever reason. We never that's we funny. never I got into it or whatever. I want. I also want to talk about this. I mean, this book is super exciting. But this other thing happened recently that's super exciting. You were on fucking Jimmy Fallon, bruh. You were on Jimmy Fallon. Fallon.
2: Jimmy Fallon and, Big.
1: And for a couple of reasons, it's exciting. You had a you have a song called Jimmy Fallon Big. I don't know the lyrics, but I'm assuming it's about you wanting to be on Jimmy Fallon or you want to be that big. <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea. Uh, but, but you're on it. Yeah. You're, on, you're yeah. on it now. Um, what was that? Kind of walk us through what that was like. First of all, like making music slash making a music video in the quarantine. Because I know... Um, I, I work at James Corden now and we, and we did the same thing We don't have artists Come in anymore They film somewhere else And then we just Play their footage And I was watching Your Fallon set And it was the same thing I don't, I don't know what yeah. venue You were at But like you, you film Like a fake music video At a different venue right So like what was That whole process like
2: Yeah um, So I have a song Called Jimmy Fallon Big And the song is actually Written about Um my old band was this band called Little Big League, and our bass player was invited to play in another band. Uh, and our band wasn't very successful, but their band was really starting to take off, and so he kind of sat me down at my kitchen table and was like, listen, like, I love Little Big League, but like this band has asked me to be a touring bass player with them, they're about to be Jimmy Fallon Big, and like I've gotta go pursue. <laughs> My dream, you know, and I was like really sad because I was like, that's like my brother, you know, like we were in a band together for two years. And like he was like a brother to me. And I felt like such a so much shame that like it wasn't working out for our bands. And he had to go Mm -hmm. do what was right for him. And like I was also just really sad that like we weren't at that level, you know, and like it looked like we were never going to be at that level. So I wrote this song. Largely because I was like, you know, you have this thing with us um, where like you have a you have a creative voice and you're leaving that to go like be a player in this band. And like so the, the repeating line in the song is like, why walk when you can show up on time? And like, and then, you know, years later he got fired and I, yeah. And, but he was like, you know, he was like my really good friend. And like, I, uh, I was like, you know what? Like my band is starting to like grow and like, why don't you just join my band now? And so he actually rejoined our band and has been playing with us for like two or three years now. And then in time, like we became. Jimmy Fallon big and we were able Whoa. to yeah, yeah, we were so able to play so it right together. Now so now band? he is in our band. Like he is our bass player and we were actually and actually Yo. that band never played Jimmy Fallon. They played
0: Seth Meyers. And so oh. I <laughs> Oh
1: wow. Names. Well, we
0: names. That, also uh, yeah. Wow. Damn. That is the ultimate I mean like that's some sort of like crazy ultimate stunt on an ex you know like just you wanted to go to this restaurant well guess what now i'm gonna take now i own the restaurant
2: restaurant.
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. also um i just had a um (laughs) i just had this image of uh, me leaving mike and then mike writing a song called james corden big Uh, no no no
0: what what needs to happen is uh is is uh you need to leave me and then you need to write like stephen
2: colbert big
0: yeah I write a bit And then I do the bit On James Corden Yeah <laughs> And well, I am stand, stand upset And I'm looking at you Right in the yeah, eye You're, you're crying it.
2: I know Our label Our label boss was like Now you need to write a song Called like SNL Big Or something
1: That's so funny Oh my god <laughs>
0: Uh, um, but yeah, it was so, really, I mean, really
2: fun yeah. um, We we filmed it at National Sawdust um, in Williamsburg And they were amazing And yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like Thank God, you know, it, it's like so much better actually That you like get to not do it live Like I was rewatching, yeah. like my friend sent me This um, video of like the breeders performing On like some late night show And like Kim or Kelly deal uh bre- like breaks a string literally like on the first Drum and then just has to oh, like play the entire thing and does it like a boss but like I would have had a complete meltdown if something like that yeah, happened yeah, and yeah, would have yeah, totally yeah. been unable to recover um so in some ways it it's great because like if you like fuck it up like you can do it a few more times and like not submit that one um we did do it you know it is live it's actually all the what we we wanted to shoot something that was all one take to kind of like try to really like yep. bring out that live feeling mm. um but there's also like a lot, that, you know. It, it, there's a drawback in one ways because it's like I I don't like actually have like the sensory like memory of like being of those nerves, you know, that I I yeah, feel like I yeah. I'm kind of sad that I don't have. And also like the pressure is on you. Like if it's not great, like it's your fault for not like make, you know it's planning not, it's it better not, yeah, it's not and the like, fault of the studio. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, um,
0: I that, mean, that's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I mean, I watched it and I didn't even realize that it was not there but you know but i was like oh wow they did a really good job i didn't know they were gonna do it like this and now it all makes sense mm-hmm. that you had done it yourself because it was so like theatrical and um it just felt it did, it, it felt a lot bigger than what they usually do because usually that stage is really small and there's not like a lot of angles and a lot of stuff
1: yeah usually like those shows like the sound every time i see like my favorite band on snl their sound is not good right it's know? all weird so it, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah it's not it's not like the npr or tiny dust thing i want to ask you you know was that your first time sort of performing since last March? Like in terms of like running around and you're dressed up and like kind of live performance? Or have you done stuff like that in, in the pandemic?
2: Um, we've done a couple of like live streams. Um, I think we we did one at, for bands in town. And then last year we did one um, for like an XPN uh,
1: festival. Okay, cool. I, I only asked because like, you know, as, like as standups, you know, we haven't been doing, we've been doing some shows, but... I've definitely lost that, like, live performance muscle where I can just be on my feet and say something funny quickly or, like, get out of a, you know, get out of a shitty situation. And I was wondering, you know, as you are performing this Fallon thing, because you said you per- per- performed twice, I'm, and when you used to tour all over the country all the time, right? Like, I wonder, from a musician's perspective, are there things you feel, like you and as you're performing were you like oh i forgot how to do this or like oh man like it feels good to do this again or was it anything like that definitely
2: i mean also as you guys would uh, can imagine like it's it's weird to do it without an an audience to like turn on you know uh, when there's no one there um but yeah we've definitely gotten pretty Rusty as a band and have had to like have a few more rehearsals and like even even mm. because like B-Sweet is like a new song like they're like I remember when I wrote um the song called Till Death off our last record and it was like pretty at the top of my range and like it just took like a, like months of touring and singing it every night to like get just really stretch out into it and get really comfortable and like because we haven't been able to tour that song and play it every night for a few months like mm. it's still <clears throat> like um you know I'm like kind of relearning how to like uh like stretch into that song so um mm. yeah I mean it's not ideal but like it, it feels like things are about to like maybe come back soon what one thing that really freaks me out is like we're starting we are starting to get um festival offers. And I'm just like, oh, my God, is, like, the first show I'm going to play, like, going to be at, like, a festival. Like, a big fest- At a big right. festival, Whoa. like, outside. And, like, am I... It's going to be really scary to, like, have to run to, ke- to catch up. But, I, you know, hopefully it's, like, right. riding a bike. Yeah.
1: Like- well, listen, if you ever need stage time, I'm sure <laughs> Mike and I will do some comedy shows on the rooftops. If you just want to pr- practice your high range, we'll yeah. happy yeah, to yeah. put you between me and Mike, our, our butthole jokes. Um,
0: um, <laughs> one, one thing that's crazy is... Um, We've been doing this interview, and we had a very awesome interview, and we're still doing it, with, about H-Mart. Then we talked to this amazing author, and then we talked to an amazing musician, and it's all the same person. <laughs> 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 I was like, who is you know he was talking about? were yeah, 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 like, yeah. oh, let's also talk about your music. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, my God, she's also this. <laughs> she's in a band. <laughs> really? uh recently i believe you just made the judo team uh, the olympic (laughs) judo team can we talk about that for a little bit as well uh yeah you know it's been really tough doing this but uh you know i think my seonagi is pretty good so how many things you got going on girl damn that's pretty much it i I have to ask because i'm a hype beast but uh where 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 did you get your outfit from from in the performance it's like this oh it's like a it's like a it's like a, a set yeah like a yeah sequence set.
2: it is uh rodarte and um we we just we bought and returned it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh wait that's so fun wait is really
2: funny because like my like i have like
1: a you get the tags on and yeah yeah yeah
2: um we bought and returned it but they were like, so, they reposted it, and they are like, oh, Michelle's wearing Rodarte, <laughs> my stylist, yeah, and that, that, we're like, that, they don't That's know. your
1: next goal, man, yeah. is to to be on Jimmy Fallon and be able to afford the outfit with your damn money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Just afford yeah, the yeah. outfit. One, one day, outfit. hold on here. Hey,
0: you know what? I'm just a writer. I'm just a struggling writer, so...
1: Hello Hello Tushy! Tushy. The future of toileting has arrived. Okay, it's technically been
0: around for centuries, but hideously expensive, costing thousands. Now the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish, eco-friendly, easy to install, and affordable.
1: Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just cleanse your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. It cleans Mm -hmm. itself before and after it's used with the Smart Spray automatic self-cleaning
0: nozzle. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper used by eighty percent, so the Hello Tushy pay- bidet pays for itself in a few months.
1: Shout out to the people who were part of that study, because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. Just poop, spray, dry, and go.
0: And sanitation is so simple. The Schmutz Shield offers easy cleaning, and the knobs are naturally antimicrobial. It is <laughs> trademark. No the Schmutz Shield there is, is no trademark. no way that's real. <laughs> the Schmutz Shield is a trademark thing.
1: Plus, every Hello Tushy Bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty.
0: Already got a Tushy on your pot? Upgrade to the new 3.0 model. If you're new to the revolution, join millions of Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. It's true, buddy.
1: Our listeners can go to hellotushy.com ANA for 10% off plus free shipping. Get 10% off plus free shipping and get your butt clean at hellotushy.com ANA. hellotushy.com ANA.
0: Yeah, let's play this game. Um, it's a loosey Go- goosey game, so it's gonna be just for fun. So um, we. It's not one of those serious guests. games. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna play um, Dungeons and Dragons now. No, uh, we're <laughs> we're with our guest Michelle Zauner, and she has a great book uh, called um, "Crying at H Mart," and uh, we wanted to play a game called uh, "Shoplifting at Kmart." <laughs> and uh, the idea of the shoplifting at Kmart is: imagine you have to make. <clears throat> A delicious Korean meal the, uh, but you can only uh, you can only make it with stuff that you steal from Kmart that you have to carry out of the store. It could also be Target. I don't know if you know that much about Kmart. I don't know that much. About I don't Kmart. know.
2: I'm never. I don't know if I've been to a Kmart, but I've definitely. Okay, been let's to do a target.
0: target. Oh, wow. I think you guys think you're,
1: you like you're better K- than me because you've never been to a Kmart. I see how. I've it is. been to
0: a Kmart, but I haven't been. I haven't <laughs> been recently. I just know that they, uh, you can also buy a shotgun there. You know, I, was like, I don't know what they got. So, like, let's just let's just imagine Target, the the white people Hmart. <laughs> <Target>. <laughs> you can only you can add. You got to make a Korean meal. You gotta. Be, you can only carry stuff out. What do you what do you steal from this place?
2: Oh my god, it's Um, a tricky one. It's funny because my mom when she my mom lived in Heidelberg, Germany for a a short. (laughs) I thought you're gonna say it's
1: funny because my mom used to steal. My mom used (laughs) to. When she stole, what did she steal?
2: Um, But she, my aunt told me that she used to like chop jalapenos and soak them in water (laughs) because it was the closest (laughs) she could get to kimchi. Uh, oh, like, like kimchi jjigae, like kimchi stew Like that was like how yeah. she tried It's like really sad um, Actually, this is a really good one um, When I was in Korean school Like one of the ladies, like her hack Was like, I, I actually love these kinds of hacks Because like a lot yes. of, you know This is like a new thing where like Part of what makes H-Mart so exciting Is that like um, there was a time Where there wasn't like a large, you know Grocery store that had all these imports Like you you would have to get kind of creative um, yeah. So I knew this Korean lady who would get like Pillsbury, like crescent rolls, and mm-hmm. there's this thing called hotok in like Korea, in in Korea, where it's like it's kind of like a Korean donut, and it's just like mm. you put like brown sugar in in dough, and then you like fry it, and it's like there's like melted sugar on the inside. It's really good, and so this woman like her shortcut hack was that she would get like Pillsbury Doughboy. Pillsbury, is it just Pillsbury? Not doughboy.
0: Pillsbury doughboys. Yeah, just the, <laughs> the,
2: the mascot. She would get Pillsbury crescent rolls, and she would like fold in um, like nuts and like brown sugar, and then fry it. So I would just steal Pillsbury crescent rolls and yes. brown sugar. Okay, and you have. There you that's go. Great. You have that's, great. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah.
0: Um. I, I. and I totally feel you. I feel you have to like jury rig so many different things, and I feel especially like in the 80s and 90s before all this stuff yes. was out. Yes. You just had to kind of, like, make do with stuff. Totally, totally. And, yeah. um, I remember, uh, like, my
2: mom being really, like... You know, that was, like, a part of, like, we didn't have an H Mart where I grew up in in Eugene, Oregon. It was, like, a smaller town. There's this, Mm -hmm. this, like, local Asian market called Sunrise. And I remember they started in a smaller location. And as, like, there were more Asian immigrants coming into Eugene, like, largely because of the university, they actually, like, moved to a bigger location. And so every time, you know, like, every time we would go, like, sometimes they would just, they would get new imports. So stuff that we wouldn't be able to, like... um, Yet before like started coming like year after year and it was really exciting for my mom and also that uh it's in i think it's in the essay or it's in the book at least it's in the book mm-hmm. but they used to have like a like a VHS tape section and i think either they had like their yes. family yeah, they had, had their too, family yeah. members like like yes. re- record DVRing it and or whatever and then like sending it back home yes. and then my mom would like rent from their like library like these like ripped VHS tapes and like watch no, these like that is watch these K-dramas s- that like all her friends had been watching like five years ago you know <laughs> that is such like that
1: 2001 so... energy right? my and mom then, yeah. did that too Yeah, for sure we, and there I, was a Korean drama called uh Winter Sonata that was so popular. <laughs> you remember that one? It was so popular. I don't so remember popular. that one. That's really funny. And and everybody was watching. I remember those VHAs. So that's crazy, man. Yeah,
2: and then and then I remember like you know five years later, my dad like for a Christmas present, like the one really good Christmas present that he got for my mom was like the, like uh you could get a subscription on your TV for like a Korean channel. Yes. And just like Ooh. what that meant for her was like so exciting. Or every time we went, it's just like that's a lot of like what my book is is like those like ordinary moments that like you look back on that are really meaningful like i remember every time like my parents would like flo just like the comforts that like only like immigrants know like whenever like my mom and i went to korea like every other summer on the jet bridge we would always take like korean air or asiana and like on the jet bridge they always had like korean newspaper and my mom would mm. always be like bring a korean newspaper and now like recently i was at Mart and i saw that they had like all of these korean newspapers laid out in the entryway and i just think that that's like very sweet like you know, it's just very—it's like a comforting thing for a lot of immigrants to like be able to like read a Korean newspaper or like whatever yeah. language. Yeah.
0: yeah, man. I mean, I think that's the whole thing—is that all these things that we thought of as being, you know, what silly or maybe even we were embarrassed of. I mean, I was like that when I was like, oh, this is so weird that we're doing these things. We now, I now realize this is stuff that like my parents did because they didn't have shit else. You know, this they had they had to deal with what they could, and like you know, we have something called Paris by Night, which, uh, you know, Fumi, you might be familiar with it from when we did Vietnam Nguyen, when, um, when we had him on here. And like, I was like, why are they so obsessed with this? But that's like, this is it, it's a it's a variety a Vietnamese variety show that's filmed by, you know, by the diaspora. And this was like the only connection they had to Vietnamese entertainment. Mm. There is no Vietnamese Netflix, there is no art that comes out of Vietnam. Uh, at least until recently, so this was, like, the only thing they really had. So, like, all that stuff you're talking about, as far as, like, ripping things, like, you know, like, the reason why Asian people are always, uh, you know, bootlegging stuff is because this is how we get it out of the country, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know? I'm not doing this to be cheap, dog, okay? This is how I beat the censors, you know? I I gotta get it out of there, you
1: know? That's such a good point, because um, we had, like, you could only get one Japanese channel, and it yeah. wasn't even the good one. It was NHK, which is like PBS. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and they were fucking pumped, but it's just the government news. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah the, but that's yeah. all. That's all they could get. And yeah. They're like, oh yeah, and I'm like, Man, this oh is shit. just. Like...
0: So you know, you the stock, watch the stock report.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. That's so. I never even thought about it like that. I remember being like embarrassed about it because it'd be on when my friends would come over, and I'd be like, they're just. It's just the fucking news. Who cares? But like for them, it was like that's this their is, piece of like, home. This yeah. is, yeah Yeah, it's like this or nothing um i would you know this is like a little macgyver thing yeah uh japanese people do we if you can't afford uh sushi you buy avocado and you just put soy sauce on it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so you like you make you make like a little rice thing and then you put avocado and then you put soy sauce on it or what
1: Uh, i just i literally like um i cut it into like little slices and i just pour it and i and i just eat it as if it was fish because oh it kinda tastes like salmon. It no, kinda it, tastes whoa. like Justin. it kinda tastes like tuna. Sorry, tuna's what I meant. Yeah. We should do that sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh my god, damn. The,
1: the poor man's sushi, bro. That's really
0: sad. Whoa. That's
2: I feel so, like you so can fun. make more like something better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I feel that, like that, you yeah, can shit. make something
2: better from, no, you've,
0: from been missing, you've been missing the all the, the stories of uh, Fumi putting the frozen uh, his his his, his, his uh, half eaten pizza directly into the fridge with no plate and also uh, him drinking expired uh, oat milk for a week. Oh my this, god. So, so, I, this I, is I'm, a, I'm, this is pretty No, is that an good. Asian
2: thing? Because my mom gave me food poisoning like so many times cuz uh, they don't believe like she They don't believe. They don't believe. Bu- yeah, cuz I feel like my mom like she left out like this she made like a like a potato like sour cream cheese like casserole, mm-hmm. some white thing. And like uh she left it out for like a day or something. And then I got yeah, like
1: yeah. food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like my mom didn't well, first of all, a little background. I, I live alone now because I'm single and I can't take care of myself. And my mm-hmm. towel smells like ass. That's that's what that is. But yeah. my I remember my grandma. I think anybody who's been through war, they don't they don't like They don't like Expiration dates Don't register in their heads You know what I mean They're like No this cake is fine It's what 2018 I don't give a shit Put
2: it in my mouth Yeah. Yeah
0: Yeah I feel, too, they're like, oh, if you get food poisoning, don't worry. Your body's still got the nutrients. Exactly. You know? So that's what it exactly. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or my mom, <laughs> like, this it. is
2: also in my book where, like, my mom, you know, we got food poison. I got food poisoning probably, like, twice a year. It was, like, not a crazy <gasps> thing for me oh, to shit. get. <laughs> that's not, all that's- not because that's of her food, but it's just, like, the kind of food that we eat, like, is ri- a little risky. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? It's a little risky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but I remember, no. like, my mom, every time I, like, had any kind of ailment, she'd be like, you just throw it up. You know what I mean? Like you just throw it up, you, you cry it up, out, whatever. whatever. There's nothing That's we so can funny. do. And when my husband, who, who's white, like got food poisoning, his mom was like, "You should oh, take no. him to the hospital." I was like, "Why would I take him to the hospital?" <laughs> what? <laughs> don't yeah. it, buddy. i was yeah. like, he's just gonna throw up. Like, what <laughs> so, do you mean? Yeah, he, throw he, up?
1: He, he's coughing blood. No, he's fine. He's
2: fine. He's fine.
0: Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, that is so funny because now I'm thinking back to it, and uh, I remember my friend. He's Korean, and his his wife also got food poisoning. And, you know, she's like, oh, I got sick from the food. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, risky. That's, you know what it sounds like to, to me? It sounds like, you know, that scene in, um, in training day where Denzel Washington is like, hey, man, smoke this pipe. You know? And, and that's what it's like eating with green people sometimes, dog. Cause it's like, hey, man. You like to get wet, you know? Like, just try this. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna it's happen? Like, <laughs> it's like
1: buying drugs from somebody, like, in a dark alley or something. <laughs> what the
0: fuck? I think, yeah, I man, think you, any culture you know that happen.
2: eats a lot of seafood, it's like, if you're yeah. eating shellfish, like, you're Very putting true. yourself at risk. And, you know, there's a reason why there's a warning. I mean, Japanese people eat all this, like, raw egg and raw chicken. Oh, yeah, it's dangerous. And it's so Dude, good. Yeah.
1: I forgot we used to do that. Just raw egg on, on rice, bro. I, I love
2: raw egg on rice. It's yeah. so good.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's I don't do it jam. here because. It's, it's, but 100 percent, man. You, that's that's a great insight. I hope, I hope you put that in your book. Um, that's that's a that's a real sexy way to summarize Korean food. It I is. Think.
0: Yeah. You want you want to ride? You want to ride? ride die, you, know? <laughs> you want to ride or die? Well, try some of yeah. this. Oh, I love that. <laughs>
1: Michelle, this is so great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we, thank you we, for having we, me. We love, thank you again also for doing it this time and in, in, in the live stream before. It's always such a pleasure when you're on the show. Um, where can our fans find you? And is there anything you like to plug? And where, you know, where can our fans kind of buy and or support your recent projects?
0: What, 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 which of you The amazing Many pro- Amazing projects Oh you yeah have, I mean like 17 we would like but, to plug yeah. You have five Different
2: <laughs> things going on <laughs> I have two main things um, My website Is actually Japanesebreakfast.rocks And hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, You can Pre-order my book Crying in H Mart There It comes out on 420 Blaze it And uh, My new album Is called Jubilee And it comes out June 4th and you can also get it there. oh yeah!
1: And pre-order also be sure to there. check out that single. Be sweet. It's out already. And Mike, it sounds like you and I are gonna have to pre-order this because we're never gonna get it from that PR person. So we're gonna have to.
0: <laughs>
2: you we're have, to, we
0: we have to buy it. Have to, pre-order have to pre-order that, that shit. <laughs> um, so be sure to uh, blaze and then have some risky food. It's <laughs> yeah. Be sick
1: as fuck, man. Uh, as always, please uh, follow us on Instagram and all the platforms at Asian.AsianPod I'm also on there at The Fumiabe. That's T H E F U M I A B E.
0: And you can find me on Instagram at Nice Pants.
1: Please for, uh, check out our uh, Zoom stand-up comedy show that we do every other weekend. It's called Hack City uh, It's free every time Just go to Asian.AsianPod.com For tickets And the next one's April 2nd And the one after that Is uh, uh, two weeks from that um, We're also gonna be Doing clubhouse shit So just follow us On Instagram For more info And honestly The summer's Just around the corner I feel like I don't know Mike if you're up for it We could do some Live events maybe Once people get vaxxed And shit So that might be happening So I don't know Are you into that? That's a no Never mind. Rooftop.
0: I need to get vaccinated first because I feel like I've been, I've been, I feel everyone in New York has almost survived the war, but then has decided to just stick their head up the, out the foxhole, of the foxhole, yeah. And then it's going to get sh- yeah, 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 shot yeah. in the head at the very last second. And I don't want to be the guy, that guy. Yeah. So, uh, but I do want to do a show because I just haven't done anything. And, you know, I Zoom is yeah, fine. And
1: hey, who knows? Maybe Michelle will be opening for us. Who fucking knows? You know, she might, she might need oh, that yeah, practice.
0: Yeah opening for us <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things we could we should open up for we should open up for her opener <laughs> before, you know, like she's gonna do a she's gonna do a reading right of her book but before that someone's gonna read the dictionary and we're gonna open yeah, for that guy Dictionary, okay, guy.
1: So catch us it's gonna be sick, bro. <laughs> anyways uh michelle thank you thank you again so much he knows we love you we'll see you guys next week bye